Greetings. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Casual Divinity. I am your host, Nadodua, and um, let's go. So what I want to chat about today is about tarot a little bit and something that sits on my heart mind pretty frequently. And uh, that would be traditions that come with tarot. Now, I'm not still hip to all of them, but I do understand that there are some. And I mean, just like anything in the world, there's going to be a tradition. Or traditions, plural, let's... (laughs) Traditions. And, um, And then let's talk about I don't know, intention also, that seems like an important thing to discuss as well. Mostly I'm thinking about how one comes to the tradition because how I came to it was through trauma. (laughs) Uh, I think I mentioned an earlier episode, maybe even the first one about how my father passing away ended up being the doorway for me to begin sitting with tarot and listening. Now, I I was told after I started that the tradition is that you are not supposed to do tarot unless somebody gifts you the cards that if somebody, if you were to be the person to purchase them, that that would be bad luck. I'm using air quotes right here. And all I can say to that is, I'm not gonna say it's not true or that it is. It probably helps though, if you were raised within that tradition for it to resonate I know sometimes it doesn't matter if you're born into it or not for something to resonate. I just want to speak, however, if that were the case, I would be in big trouble. (laughs) Very big trouble. I was not gifted my first tarot cards. Actually, I think I was, but fun fact, I wasn't ready to receive them. And I didn't know about the tradition at the time that I was gifted cards. I was, my daughter was in high school at the time, and one of her friends, grandmother, we used to sit and have a little chatski before the girls would come out to be picked up. So she handed me these cards. They were brand new. She never even touched them. She bought them because she thought she was going to jam them, and then she just ended up never touching them and so she was like well I thought maybe you'd like them and I was like well cool thanks exactly Sonia I didn't know what to do with them (laughs) I had no idea in fact um I gave away the tarot deck it didn't resonate with me at the time I did keep the oracle cards which were the oracle of Avalon I still have them they're quite precious. They're actually maybe, they actually have turned out to be maybe one of my most magical decks that I have now. Maybe that's why. I Freaking, I don't know actually. 
I actually do think that it's because I'm English, well, part English on my mother's side. And Avalon, I think, has a lot to do with some of the energies I'm working with, and I think Sonia is confirming that for me <laughs> in, a, in the funniest ways. Cat love. Mm -hmm, you're welcome, she says. Uh, so that's funny, just thinking about that, like that I was even gifted the cards, but because I wasn't ready to receive them, I didn't even mess with them, really. I was playing with the cards, but I still didn't see that it was something I should be doing and not just something I was doing for fun or something that I was doing just, just to listen and chill out, which, by the way, I do highly recommend divination to everyone as a practice. I mean, whether you use tarot or astrology or whether you use, I think it's called bibliomancy, or when you pick up a book, and or the Bible specifically, and you pick up a random page and you begin to read, and then you find that that page that you've picked is not so random. Or you look in the skies as you walk out your door to see what the birds, what birds you're seeing that day. Or perhaps you're seeing a specific color or number that resonates with your journey. These things, this is what I would call divination, seeing the divine in your everyday world. Because again, magic is everywhere all the time. It, it is in our mundane world right beside us as we're brushing our teeth and washing the dishes. Do you know what I'm saying? It is, it is up to us to be able to filter out the messages and the divinity, the divine, what, what wants to be said to us, what wants to be shared with us for our growth, for our understanding, sometimes even for our warning. So that's uh it's been my experience so far has been one of complete accident like spirit was definitely trying to give this to me apparently but I just didn't think I was smart enough to pick this tarot stuff up. I thought it would be a lot to memorize. I thought it would be a lot to learn and I'm still saying it is. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot to learn. I also want to say that if you are excited about something and you have passion for something, then it doesn't matter. You will learn it. You will take all the time. You will spend all the hours. You will dive as deep as you can go because it resonates with your heart. It gives you life. It gives you breath. It motivates you. It helps make the world make sense. And hey, <laughs> that's, that's reason enough. And I'm grateful to have found it during a time of uh, mourning and stress and because that's exactly what it does. It gives me so much um, peace.
to even shuffle the cards will begin to bring peace. It will begin to bring me back home to my body. So back to the traditions. And so yeah, maybe somebody did gift them to me, but I didn't even know it, so. And I even gave the tarot deck away specifically. I did buy my own tarot cards. I did not get the usual Rider weight deck. I kind of wished I had <laughs> for starters, but I'm not sad about the deck that I chose because it is very dear to me. The Egyptian tarot that's made by Los Carabo. That's my jam. Uh, that was my first deck that I ever purchased myself. And oddly enough, it arrived on a new moon which I definitely did not take lightly. I was like, dang, okay. I'm definitely supposed to be messing with this. This is a new journey, a new moon, let's go. And I haven't stopped since. I mean, it was very confusing, but that was it, right? Like whatever didn't make sense to me about the card, I just leaned into my intuition. And I left it at that. I just kept leaning into the intuition when something wasn't obvious to me through the cards. And just kept letting it roll like that. It works so far. I'm just going to keep rolling with it. Yeah, I've gotten a lot from the practice, especially in regards to leaning in, to trusting myself and what I'm feeling from the card in that moment. And then that taught me to value just what I was feeling and thinking in the moment more. Being able to trust myself more because there was visual confirmation of my feelings. Or of like what I was seeing in patterns. So that was uh, pretty cool. I was like, oh dang, this has got a lot of juice. And nothing, I mean bad things have been happening to me, but not in the sense that I would say I was cursed because I bought my own deck. That's definitely not it. In fact, what sometimes disturbs me and I, I have to let it go. It's like that logical part of me that's been programmed for so long. You know, I've worked very hard throughout my lifetime in many different avenues, all related to, you know, health and things like that. And yet none of them could support me. Whereas tarot, the, the thing that I've spent the least time with is beginning to support me more than anything else I've ever done which helps me to understand that this is definitely something I should be doing. And it didn't really matter how I came to it. The proof is in the pudding. I love what I'm doing. I always have throughout this life though, to be real. And I feel very grateful for that. 
I have not worked a job that I didn't want to work. I've always worked for small businesses, and it's always been related to health and spirituality in some in some way. <laughs> I'm very blessed. Of course, you know, that was the downside, right? Like, I didn't make the big bucks, uh, but I also didn't want to kill myself every day, so there's that trade-off. And I learned a lot, and all the things that I've learned brought me to tarot. All of those things that I could plug right into this system. Natural foods, herbs, energy work, yoga, meditation. All of that symbolism comes through. And then whatever symbolism that my eye is attracted to in the moment... Which leads me to the cards, and maybe this is the thing that haunts me the most about tarot right now that I want to speak on, is the cards themselves and the, I don't even know, the culture that's been built around them, which is also fun and cool, but can also be intimidating. Uh, it just it brings me back to being in Thai yoga therapy and how difficult that was. What was difficult about it was the fact that I couldn't, and I mentioned this before, I believe as well, how difficult it was for me in that field to even get worked on because I could not afford to get a session myself most times. As a single mother who is not receiving child support and who is also not receiving food stamps that could be an interesting time i was definitely not getting worked on as i was working on other people i would though don't get me wrong okay but those were like the trusted people that i had mentioned before <laughs> well secretly mentioned before <laughs> who i would trade body work with so that i could get worked on and we did value each other's work and we did trust each other and that was a beautiful trade but was I getting enough work done of course not <laughs> of course not like could I go get work done when I wanted to no not really there were a lot of things that I could not afford to do same with yoga they had raised the price so much it was almost twenty dollars to go to a class and at the time you know $20 wasn't something I could really spend three times a week on yoga again we can always budget differently but things were really tight all the time because that was my compromise I didn't want to just work a job because of money I wanted that job to mean something to me I wanted to be able to learn something at that job I wasn't just going to, oh yeah, I'm going to work at whatever just to, to make it happen. I made it happen. I just, it was on a very shoestring budget. But this is what I'm talking about when it comes to tarot, though. This is kind of the same thing I see happening. Is I think there's probably a lot of people out here who are interested or curious about tarot. But there's this mythology around it that says that someone has to gift you that deck first before you practice. 
So that's probably keeping a lot of people who have the gift or are curious about divination and they're not touching the cards because they're following a tradition that they don't fully understand. Although I do understand being safe and sorry, I'm not trying to diss on anybody. Because when we don't have the full truth of something, it's better to err on the side of caution. I do agree with that to a point. Okay, but this is, this is leaning into a part that I am definitely guilty party of. And that is that um, I, I do understand that these decks can get expensive, y'all. This is art after all, right? Pamela Coleman Smith started something that she had no idea. I, I don't I would like to believe she did. She was an Aquarius. <laughs> After all. <laughs> but she, um, thanks to her fleshing out the rest of the deck and not just the major arcana, it made the symbolism easier and accessible for all of us to understand and not just those within the Golden Dawn society, but everyone who were to want to pick up and were curious about how this would work, they could at least get the symbolism and, you know, draw their own conclusions. Thank you, Pamela, for everything. I appreciate you for making this an accessible art. But yeah, that's kind of the joke. Like, even she's not getting this money. Like, the, this thing that she started... Um, well, or at least helped evolve in a very major way. Very, very major way. Making it accessible to everyone. But that's it. Like, these decks, like, some of them are, are within reach of finances, but some of them aren't. And that's okay. Again, it's, this is art we're talking about here. And... You know, societies crumble, but art will always rebuild. And artists should be able to make a living. So there is that side of things. But there's this part of the tarot culture that has developed where I believe people think that they have to have multiple decks in order to practice as well. And I want to say that that's not the case either. And I feel bad in the sense that I finally have gotten to a place in my life where there is something that I can afford to be a part of, <laughs> but it's not to show off or to be like, ooh, I have this deck, do you have it? I've never been that individual. I don't have conversations like that. I, I collect or I get into the cards, different ones, because they're all different stories, right? Like, I, I definitely have a library. It's definitely a Hierophant jam, okay? The ancient librarian is real. I have books on books, and the tarot is often that way. And I do feel like there is very specific symbolism that will happen within a deck that that particular person needs to know or will speak to them 
and that I will be able to uh, find that for them too. So I will listen. I don't even look at a deck. I will listen. I will use my hands and I will feel. I will feel what's going on, what deck is calling that I should use with a specific individual. Because then the symbology, the colors, they, they will all speak to the client that I'm working with. Very specifically, it freaks me out every time, every time. And it gets freakier each time too. It's, it humbles me within this practice. Ooh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it, oh boy. So I work from that perspective, but I also need to put this out there too, that I, I buy as I can afford to. And there are times, and I mean like a good, like a whole year at a time or sometimes years where I don't buy anything new, right? I'm digging into what I have already. I'm using the resources. I don't have all the resources all the time. Like if I'm having a slow period, then, you know, I'm not buying new decks. And also I get a feeling in my gut, like when I, when there's some symbology that I need to work with versus like, well, I can wait. Like this isn't even something I really need to mess with. This is just me wanting something new. This is just me wanting to fill a hole that can't be filled by things that I can buy. All right. Uh, so all that to say that, yeah, I'm kind of uncomfortable with, with the practice in this sense. And I want to really put out there that it is not necessary to have all the decks. It's not possible to have every tarot deck on earth. It's just not possible. <laughs> Maybe it is for some, but I don't know what kind of bankroll you have. But it's it's maybe more important to know that like that just one deck will do, you know, taking care of one deck will do. And I know that some people even go into the tradition saying you should really only use one deck, whereas some people use multiple. I know that I use multiple within one reading. Um, I just developed it on my own. I didn't look to anyone for that. How I read the cards again was very personal. It came through just needing to work it out. Um, I did learn traditional spreads like the Celtic wheel, uh, the wheel, the witch's wheel of the year. Um, there's some, there are some spreads that I use, but generally I think I just listen to spirit and, and follow accordingly. Whatever I am hearing or I am feeling, I follow very closely. And that has worked out so far. It usually resonates with clients. In fact, the nuttier I'm feeling about something that I should be sharing, like, oh, I'm like, oh, should I share this? I don't know. Ugh. And then I do, and it ends up being like the thing I should have definitely shared, and it resonates with that individual. So, you know, this the practice of tarot has not been traditional. Mine, anyway, has not been traditional in any way, shape, or form. And I really wanted to share that experience with you in hopes that 
if that's something that's been, you know, on your heart mind for a little while now, you've been scratching your head, you've been twiddling your thumbs, that maybe you wanted to pick up an Oracle deck or a tarot deck, but you were like, ah, should I? Is this the devil's work? Do I need it gifted? Uh, my thing is, you know, listen to your intuition. If it's something that you really want to explore, then do it with purity and intent, you know, with pure intent and um, enjoy yourself. I think anything done with pure intent will turn out well. And again, I think the practice of divination can really help one to trust the intuition more. And begin to see again that tarot or that magic is not something that always speaks in very large language. That like it's all big bells and whistles and like fireworks. Sometimes it it's very subtle. Again, it is the everyday, the mundane. And I think tarot helps us begin to pull that out. Begin to understand that we're not always going to be able to see in big written letters across the sky what the answers are for us. That sometimes we just need to be patient. That we could listen a little more. That we could wait. And that sometimes if we just wait and listen long enough, we can see that the answers have been in front of us all along, walking alongside us. Oh, blessed be, I, um, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for the practice and I'm grateful to share that journey with all of you. Well, you know what time it is. Let's, uh, it's time to jam some tarot and I do have my beloved first deck in hand. Let's jam. Let's see what comes through. Oh, I had two cards fly out one by one. Let's see who they are. And they fell to the floor, facing down, card one. Five of wands, that's Saturn and Leo. Ooh, and the other card is the Empress, and that is Venus. I believe Venus is doing some fun things in the sky right now, even. I wish I had a chart in front of me to give you more details. <laughs> but, um... I'm really enjoying this combination. There is a lot of change in the air. When I'm thinking of the number five, we're definitely speaking on change. And then thinking about Saturn, the, pla the planet that has to do with foundations, structures, form, whether male or female. And then we have who are we thinking here? We have Leo, right? Leo is that fire energy, fixed fire. It's 
So it kind of gets along with Saturn, right? There's a lot of this fixed energy, but there's also this need to change. There's this, uh, the air of change happening and <laughs> looking at Empress and Venus, I mean, she's just radiant. This is also the day before uh, Valentine's Day, whether you're into that holiday or not. I don't know, I don't really care about it one way or the other. Although I do believe in love. And if you wanna make up a holiday around that, I'm not mad at you. I'm not gonna probably give in to the marketing and whatnot, but I'm not mad at you. I'm, I will celebrate love, I'll lean into that. All right, and Venus is definitely, I, I, let's put it this way, Venus isn't totes about love, but maybe more so about values and desires. Mm-hmm. Like, when I'm thinking about Venus, I'm thinking more about sexy times and I'm thinking about love. And I think both are in the air. <laughs> and I think love seeks to change us all in ways known and unknown. And that I hope really... Um, for the holiday and in general, that you're able to lean into love a little more. I also feel like this week, there's some cosmology in the air for some divine anger to come about as well. That resonates too. So we're gonna look out for a lot of change in the coming week, it feels like, in regards to values, in regards to lust and love, and in regards to change. I definitely wanna add that it feels with um, Saturn and Leo being around, like definitely slowing down because things are definitely wanting to speed up, so don't be surprised, right? Like if you wanna be like, ah, <laughs> like all full bore in the, for the rest of this Aquarius season. But just to mm, slow down, baby, slow down. Be sure you're embodied. Tend to the foundations of what you're working with and on Tend to yourself, your own body. Mm. And let's deal with the divine anger because there's something there for us. There's something there for us all. I want to thank you for joining me for another episode of Casual Divinity. I have been your host, Nadodua. Ankra. You can find me on Instagram under o.o.bounds. That's double O bounds standing for out of bounds. And I hope you all stay real. That will help you to stay well. Peace. <laughs>